0: His blessing be upon you to a thousand generations, on your children, upon their children, and their children. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Amen. Amen. Now, that's, a, that's a, a recent treatment of Numbers chapter 6, that ancient spoken blessing by Aaron, the sons of Aaron over the, the people of Israel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's my privilege at this moment to introduce the preacher for today. And um, so I bring to you my best friend and my favorite preacher out of all the choices. And I want to pray for her as we begin. Would you join me? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the words that we have just sung and the words that we have just heard and the words that we have just declared. Great is your faithfulness. We marvel sometimes, Lord, at how unfaithful, how up and down, in and out we can be, but you never change. You never change. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, will you open the heart and open the mouth of this one whom you have picked out and chosen for this day may your anointing rest upon her may fresh fire from your wonderful holy spirit fill her and may you anoint our ears to hear wherever wherever anyone in the sound of this voice is needing hope is needing a return to joy Lord, would you grant it? Would you bless these words? And as you bless this preacher today, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, honey. I'm very humbled to be in this place today, and I thank you for the opportunity. And hubba, hubba, ding, ding, baby, you're my everything. 45 years, June 5th, we will have survived marriage for 45 years, yes. That is reason to celebrate. It can happen if you're in your 20s years of marriage. If you're in your 10 years of marriage. If you're in your third, and you're wondering if it's worth it. Yes, yes, it is so true. The wine gets better the older it gets. So, uh, <laughs> hang in there. It's worth it. This is Mother's Day 2021, and what a year it has been. It started with the pandemic. Oh, things got shut down because of it. Some of us lost our jobs. Some of us definitely lost income. Uh, In one way or another, there were racial riots. There was political turmoil. Kids and spouses were home every day, all the time. The house that had just been a home had now turned into, for all practical purposes, an office, a school, a gymnasium, a cafeteria, a pandemic shelter, and a recreation facility with the same staff which served when there was, it was only called a home. Access to a grocery store became a militarized zone. Now, let me admit, David and I did not get the toilet paper memo. We saw on the television that they told us that we needed to go to the grocery store and stock up on pandemic essentials. So we went, we took our grocery cart, and we just kind of circled around and scratched our heads. I mean, what do you need for a pandemic? Finally, we, we settled on a, a bottle of NyQuil and a large can of chicken noodle soup. Five days later, we were kicking ourselves that we hadn't bought the case of coffee creamer, the Clorox wipes, and, of course, the toilet paper. When the toilet paper again showed its face in my grocery store, I was that woman that had it in my cart, and everybody was looking at me as though I was a toilet paper hoarder, to which I kept trying to apologize to everybody and go, we we really do need this. At our house, we... We have to have this. It was down to five sheets, five sheets only when, when you went to the restaurant. More information than you needed. Um, so did I mention for moms preparing meals for everybody all the time? Homeschooling new math? Your social life became non-existent, save Facebook but then everybody was arguing with each other on Facebook, so let's just scratch that out. Self-indulgent activities like going shopping occasionally, just for the fun of it, or getting a pedicure, were replaced by hoping to use the bathroom by yourself or flossing your teeth once a week. Holidays were ransacked by COVID quarantines. And then, if that weren't enough, We had snowmageddon. Four days without electricity or water. When once again, in sub-freezing temperatures, when once again you had to brave the line to get into the grocery store in the hopes that there would still be some ramen and diapers on the shelf. Frustrated, you thought, let's splurge and get takeout. Unfortunately, They got your order mixed up with someone else's. The person that had the no-fat, low-carb diet. I mean, who does that in a pandemic? (laughs) When Satan was thinking about throwing this down on us this last year, I can just see his war room, and somebody chipped in and said, yes, let's release the takeout demons. Everybody gets a tomato butt on their hamburger and the core of lettuce in their salad. Being in your 60s is a lot like being six years old, and that plays into this whole thing. It's a full time job keeping up with your stuff. This whole last year has been David and I almost going in someplace and then realizing where did we put our mask? Is it in our back pocket? Is it under the seat in the car? You know, what did we do with it? Bless you, mothers. have had to keep up with not only your mask, but the masks for your children, and then keep washing their hands a majillion times a day to try to keep the germs away. My children are grown and out of the house now, which is a good thing, because if I had been responsible for their souls in this last year, I'm pretty sure we would not have survived. I think that they would have been eating frozen corn dogs, which they will attest to, and playing... Oregon Trail on the computer, and I would have called that education. No, no wonder, thinking about this last year, in particular, for, particularly for moms, no wonder so many of us in this room today look like a cop, apocalyptic, apocalyptic zombies. May I be the first to say to you, the house is still standing, but I don't think the lo- lights are on somehow we have lost our joy. And that's what the title of this morning's message is, is Reclaiming the Lost Joy of Motherhood. What is your joy quotient? About two months ago, uh, someone who had stayed in one of our rental properties left a book there, uh, I'm sure by accident, but it was called Positivity, and it kind of piqued my interest. Um, I must confess, in this last year, I have been drawn into the political state of our country, concerned for our future, as well as burdened by the lack of resolution to the pandemic. Hurricanes and pandemics, for me, uh, I am convinced with both of these that if I personally give myself to staying up with the minute-by-minute reports of the coordinates or the case count, I can personally alter the t- trajectory of disaster as though sitting in front of a television and let's let's be honest, the one thing that hurricanes and pandemics ha- have in common is neither one of those things move at a very quick pace. And you know they really kind of make poor television, but not for me because I feel responsible that if I'm watching all this and taking it in I can I can change it. So I spent more time than I should have sucked into that kind of news and it did it help absolutely not just sort of helped to make the negative negativity in my life even greater so that's why this book looked a little bit interesting to me some people binge watch sitcoms i binge watch covid counts and hurricane reports so i fed that negativity in my heart I decided to peruse this book's pages. It really struck a chord. I was aware some of the things that usually bring me joy in life just kind of made me feel like meh at this point. My love for gardening had come to, if you buy plants, they will die, so don't buy plants. In other words, I had a pretty negative outlook on most everything. The book presented scientific evidence that positivity, and when they use the word positivity, basically they're outlining a, a myriad of positive emotions that we have responses to things like gratitude and hope and joy and inspiration and awe and serenity and uh, love, that when those things are in our life that we not only are um, happier, but we're we are healthier, we have resilience, and we function and prosper in the world. As I read this, I thought, this is mind-blowing, and I need this. And so it was such an a aha moment for me, I thought, I will call my daughter and tell her about this that I have learned about myself. And so I called her because I wanted to tell her my newfound revelation that I was really negative. And negativity meant that I was closed-minded and rigid. I I tell her this on the phone and there's silence for about five seconds and then laughter. Lots of it. I I was taken (laughs) aback. Evidently, my sour spirit was not front-page news to her. (laughs) These people we live with, they know. Now, men, if you have any brain cells in your body, you will not look at your wife right now (laughs) because this is combustionable material and there could be a spontaneous combustion at any moment. This seemingly endless season has taken a toll on our spirits. So what's the good news for us in 2021 A book older than the one I mentioned also speaks of the importance of positivity in our lives. Proverbs 15.13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. In another translation, the New Living says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe the question isn't what's your joy quotient, but how worn out are you? Research in from this book and this smart scientist shows that the greater your level of positivity, the more resilient you are. You're able to bounce back when hard things happen. The more open your heart is and your mind to possibilities, creative ways to take the heavy in your life and bring good out of it. Proverbs fifteen fifteen says, For the despondent every day brings trouble but for the happy heart life is a continual feast that's not because the happy heart only has good things happen but it's that they have the capacity to find good even in the heaviest things so perhaps what god is calling us here to is not so much a change in our circumstance although i would like to see the end of all this pandemic situation but it is a change in our perspective. But more than just giving us ought to's, the scripture gives us how to's. And I'm so thankful for that. When we've lost our joy, there is a way back. But it's not where, the way you might think. In fact, the recipe might not be one you, you would like. It's the exact opposite. If we want joy, we we'll need to mourn. We need to mourn. The way to get to joy is to mourn. Look at with me Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to start in verse 1, 1 through 3. These words, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness or the oil of joy instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Actually, these scriptures were read by Jesus when he was a young man in Nazareth. They handed him the scroll of Isaiah, and he opened it up to Isaiah 61, and he read these verses. Then he gave the scroll back, and he said to those listening, This scripture has been fulfilled this day in your midst. Jesus declaring what was his job description. What was he on this earth to do? He was, in fact, anointed to bring good news to the poor, to to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to give to those who mourn, replace their mourning with joy, to give them a, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. That word that's used, that word for anoint, anoint means supernatural empowerment for a particular task. And with great confidence and authority, Jesus has been anointed to do the things declared there. What an amazing Lord we have. You know, a lot of times we'll think of Jesus as that his his purpose was to come and die for our sins, which is what he did in his assignment. And I'm so grateful for that. But, oh, no, his heart goes much farther than just wanting to pay the debt that's owed for the, th- the bad choices that you and I make. He declares, not on th- just in this place, but many times over, if you look at what Jesus understood his purpose to be, you will find him declaring the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Another place he declares, and he said, The Son of Man has appeared for this very purpose, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. And then again he says, In another place, the Son of Man has come that he might seek and find that which was lost. Do you know if you've lost your joy today, somebody is on your trail already? Do you know that the, the lover of your son, the lover of your soul, the, the son of God is seeking your heart out? Because he wants to save it, he wants to set it free, he wants to return to you and to me the joy of our salvation. And not only does he desire to do that, but that is the very purpose for his existence. That's what, if he wakes up in the morning, and I don't suppose he does, I don't, I think the scripture says he neither slumbers or sleeps. But if he did, what he'd wake up with, with that intent and that drive, looking for you and me, desiring, desiring, desiring us, to live our very best life in him for his glory. As we look at this scripture, also besides the word anointed, we can see this, that he has been sent to proclaim liberty to captives. And that word for proclaim that's used there, it means a word, again, with authority. It has power behind it. It's not like Surely proclaiming to everyone that comes in the house or mom proclaiming to everyone at the house, we will all take our dirty shoes off at the door and leave them right there. Because, right, I mean, we can proclaim that, but the chances that that always happens aren't so good. In this case, when it says that Jesus, that he proclaims liberty to captives, it's a done deal. His word is settled in heaven. If he declares it, it it, it comes to pass. And he has been anointed to proclaim liberty to captives. Have you ever been captive? Are you captive today? Is there something holding you or binding you? Is there a habit? Is there an attitude? Is there a place of unforgiveness? Is there something that you know you shouldn't go to, but you go back to again and again that's not good for your life? And you'd have to say, I'm a captive. There is one, and his name is Jesus. And he can declare, if you will have a heart to open up and receive it, he can declare liberty to you. I speak that with confidence and authority as one he's done in my life. As a young mother, I had an eating disorder. I was bulimic. I was a pastor's wife. I came to church. I cleaned up good. But I had an eating disorder that that nearly took me under. And yet Jesus Christ set me free. And so for, with confidence, I can say there is no stronghold too great for our Savior. If you will come to him, he can do a work in your life, in your heart, in your soul. To proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to pr- prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. I love this right here because a lot of times when I think just those old tapes of like God is harsh and he's heavy and he's critical. In my mind, if I were to have thought about this, I would have said the year of vengeance of our God and the day of his favor. And that's how I would have weighed the scales in my thinking of the Lord, my wrong thinking. But the scripture says to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And yes, sometimes God's vengeance needs to come in some places, but it's a day as compared to his goodness and his favor. And I say to you, even though we have walked through such a year as we have walked through, his favor is for a thousand years upon us. And, and, and we can, with confidence, know that weeping endureth for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And that is what the Lord is desiring to do in our hearts and lives today. It goes on to say, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn sign giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. I said, if you want to reclaim your joy, in order to do that, you've got to, you've got to mourn. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I am such a weakling when it comes to mourning. I'm a good stuffer. I like to just, you know, act like it's not there. Act like that didn't hurt my feelings when, when you know, the sink is full of dishes again. Or that I'm not angry to the point of, of completely losing it when, the, back when I was a mom and they were in the house, when the kids wouldn't do what I'd ask them to do. Stuff it. And even this whole thing within the pandemic, which I know is for our protection, the masks, but that's just such a picture of, like, just keep it all in. Whatever you do, just keep stuffing it down there. Just take it. Just just take that tomato bud on that hamburger. That's just what life's given you at this point. And so in the process of not feeling the feels, as my daughter Abigail says and encourages me. Mom, you need to be honest with your emotions, the yucky ones as well as the good ones. But if you just try to stuff the yucky ones, you end up killing the, the good ones. And so this process of mourning the things that we need to mourn is very important. It's important for you to get honest with the Lord. He can handle it. Take your wounds to Jesus. Take the wounds that this year has brought to your heart to Jesus. Take the fear of not being able to pay the bills that you've carried month after month after month to Jesus. Take the anger that you felt at your husband that that I am drowning and he doesn't even see it. Take that to Jesus. Take the frustration that you have with your children and trying to teach them things that you don't even understand yourself, take that to the Lord and pour your heart out. And what he will do is he will give you the great exchange. He will take your mourning and your sorrow and your frustrations, and in their place, you will experience. As you do that, as you mourn before him, as the scripture says, He is faithful. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will, not maybe, not if you do it right or just the right way. No, you just put it out there as messy as it is. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That peace, when you pour your heart out really and genuinely and honestly before the Lord, that peace that comes like a cloud upon your heart, and then the joy that comes, all of a sudden you think, Where did this come from? And then you realize, the world didn't give this to me, and the world can't take it away. And it becomes exponential. This thing that's bubbling up inside of me, this point of confidence that God is good and he is for me, and great is his faithfulness, which I think may be the national anthem of the COVID pandemic. Great is Thy faithfulness. But those things start welling up in us, and it, and even the scientist that wrote this book has said that when our hearts turn and we start opening ourselves up to the the positive emotions, it it's it it's like a instead of a vicious cycle, it's a a glorious cycle. It it multiplies. It snowballs. When we open our heart up the least little bit, then all of a sudden, the next day, you're waking up. (laughs) As I read this book and started praying through these things in my own life, um, we have a debrief. or I don't know if it's a debrief because it's at the beginning of the day. A pre-brief every morning when we drink coffee, David and I do. And he started, you know, it got to where he was sort of chuckling. He'd say, man, I like this positivity. I really, I, I really like this. This is this is good. This is this is good. What's happening here? So it becomes, it it builds upon itself. So going down, so comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. This word for ashes here, uh, the Hebrew word can also mean worthless, or worthlessness. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't exactly say I've aced the pandemic. I'm not that lady that can say, oh, yes, I've aced the pandemic. I got to get up every day at 5 and get on the Pendle, pendle you know, pendelon thing, the exercise thing. I don't have one, obviously, but I'm just like you to think I did. Um <laughs> I do that. I work out. Then I go up and chop up all those fruits and vegetables for the three meals my family's going to need today and the three snacks that my kids need and check on the chargers, make sure the computers are all charged up so my kids can have their Zoom classes. Yes, and I'm teaching them all how to sew and we're using the remnants to make matching face masks for the day. In my spare time, I've made hand sanitizer for everybody on my cul-de-sac, and I've planted a victory garden in the front yard. But the thing I'm going to miss most about this pandemic is my husband's loud voice at the dining room table, talking to all of his clients from sunup to sundown, said no one ever. Consequently, I can look back a lot of the things that I've done in the last 12 months, and I know you can too because you're human. Don't, don't try to fool me with your Instagram post. I don't believe a, a bit of it. You've been Photoshopped, okay? <laughs> None of us feel like that we're even passing for the most part. We feel worthless. this says giving them a garland instead of ashes, God wants to give us back for our sense of worthlessness, his crown of beauty, as the King James would say. He wants to give us the oil of gladness instead of mourning. You know, oil is a very um, symbolic and important word in the scripture. And of course, in Israel, the olive tree and olive oil are a very st- huge staple to their livelihood, their lifestyle, their eating, everything else. But in ancient times, the way that olive oil was made was that they put all the olives in this big vat and then they would put a real heavy um, rock or or stone on top of it. And the weight of that stone would crush those olives, and cause the oil to run out. Well, that's what the Lord wants to do with the circumstances of of this year in our life that have been overwhelming to us, that have been a heavy weight. If we will allow him, he will take that heaviness and that crushing that that we've been through, and he will produce the oil of gladness from it. Part of it's just that we'll be able to say, I have been to the bottom And the bottom is solid. I've been to the bottom, and my God met me there. He wasn't ashamed of me. He didn't look the other way. But he was there with open arms, and he did what he's best at. He just did God. He did the loving, rescuing, redeeming, loving, accepting, transforming empowering, lifting up work that he alone could do. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Girls, let's get our praise on. Part of what can be a change in our heart can be when we choose to start praising the Lord. And when I say praise on, I'm not talking about, no offense, but those whiny Christian songs that are all about, I need you, Lord, please help me at this moment. No. I think we need a good dose of put your good shoes on, turn the radio up, and start celebrating the goodness of God. Praise is when we're declaring who he is and the fact that he's faithful and he's enough and he will see us through and we can rely on him, and there's there's such a value and an importance on doing that in our lives. And public announcement right here. One of the ways you can do that, Alamo City has just put up, and it's on YouTube. They've taken the worship from the last couple of Sundays and put it together. It's about an hour long. You can you can turn that on in your house if you're like me and be doing the you know cleaning up, and it just flies by, and, and your heart's being lifted at the same time. So praise is such an important part of that. It's a gift that we ask for, this joy. It's not something we earn. We can't do penitence. We can't make up for the crummy things that we've done. We can take them to him and ask him to cleanse us. And then we can ask him to give us back our joy. David, King Dame, David, in the, his repentant prayer, after he had really messed up, really messed up with Bathsheba and having her husband murdered. And Psalm 51 is such a beautiful picture of a man crying out, yes, out of where he'd come from, but he didn't let that define who he was going to be. He didn't look at where he'd messed up and focus on that. He looked to the one he knew could transform him and, and call him higher. Psalm 51:12 says, Give me again the joy that comes from your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Here's another translation. Make me as happy as you did when you saved me. Make me want to obey. Acts 13.52 says that the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Exactly points that out. You Anytime you find the work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find joy there too. They, they are, they're uh, first cousins. Psalm 1611 says, You make me know, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This joy can be ours. It's the process of mourning, confessing. Being honest with the Lord about where we are and then exchanging that. We don't keep that. We don't keep what we've done wrong, where we failed. We give that to Him. You know what He gives us in return? He gives us forgiveness and cleansing, but more than that, He gives us that joy, the oil of joy. Not only, though, is it a gift that we can ask for, but there's the need, there's the need, once we are, God's done that in our hearts, that we're vigilant and we attempt to, it's a, a, a lifestyle, a, a perspective that we can cultivate. And it's important that we do that. The scripture says in Romans 8, 6, that the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Here's another translation of that verse. For the mind to be given up to earthly things means death, but for it to be given up to spiritual things means life and peace. What do you think I'm doing? I have found myself really caught up in, in, it started with COVID and the beginning and wanting to look, check my phone and see, you know, what the latest news was. Um, you know, how many cases in our county? How many cases in our state? How many cases in, you know, the United States? Uh, how many deaths? That sort of thing. And then I just, and then the racial unrest, and I kind of wanted to be able to check that. The political stuff, and I found myself spending so much time looking at things on my phone that were just sending me in a spiral of negativity. And I, I, in the process of, of, you know, reading this book on positivity and then crying out to the Lord to change my perspective, I could feel the Spirit of God doing this. You don't need to be there. Is, Is that feeding your spirit or troubling your spirit? And that's important for us. If we're going to protect that atmosphere that, that, uh, within our hearts of having a positive heart, it's important that we think, what am, what am I feeding myself? In this book, I want to give credit to Barbara Fredrickson. She's the writer of positivity. And she defines these positive emotions. And I just want to kind of th- throw these out to you. Uh, 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 other ones besides joy one is gratitude and she says that gratitude opens your heart and carries the urge to give back when we feel grateful for somebody or something it opens our heart and gives us the urge to want to give back and when I read that it just immediately that scripture came to my heart that says enter his gates with thanksgiving you know early on in my Christian life I was taught that that was an important part of beginning in prayer that we begin being thankful and unfortunately that sort of wrote to me Lord I thank you for this and I thank you for but the heartfelt thanksgiving I didn't realize the power that has when it's a heartfelt thanksgiving it opens your heart up And that's how the father wants to receive his children. He wants them to come into his presence, not with closed hearts, but with open hearts. And so the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Takes us in even deeper when we start declaring his goodness, his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, the fact that he is a rock for us. Um. Hope, serenity. Serenity is called a mindful state that all is right in the world and you want to savor the moment. Oh. You know, when was the last time that you felt or experienced serenity? Were you on the beach watching the waves roll in? Were you in your backyard after you mowed the lawn and sipping on a glass of tea? God desires us to take those moments and to savor the goodness of the things that he puts in our lives. Even to the point of like you're eating lunch. Instead of just sticking the food in your mouth and getting onto the next ta- task. To take the time to really appreciate how delicious a fresh strawberry can be. Also, um, the other ones are amusement pride inspiration, and awe. Awe is when we come across goodness on a grand scale, and looking at it makes us feel small and humble. I have a friend right now who is um, taking care of her husband as he goes through some very challenging health struggles, and we believe that God is going to bring him through, but the things that that she has done in a service to her husband and ministering to him are beyond amazing. And she's done it with such joy and such love and such patience. When I am in her presence, I feel awe. I'm amazed. I am inspired. I am called forth to do more and and love God more because of the way that she is. Oh, that each of us would walk, such a walk. And you know it's available to us? She's not a super saint. She's just a woman who's holding on to Jesus with all she's got. And yet what a difference and an impact she's making. You know, it's said that, that even in the Jewish tradition on the Shabbat, on the night of Sabbath, when they do a Sabbath meal, the, it's the wife who always lights those candles in the house for the dinner meal. And the tradition is that it's the it's the woman, it's the mother in the home, that light brings the light into the home, um, and it's so it is true that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody gonna be happy. Is this not true? And so, if our hearts could change, as women at this place, and we allow the 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 joy of the Lord to come into our hearts, the gratitude. Serenity, hope, thankfulness. It's not only going to make a difference right here, but it's going to make a difference to those that we influence, the the ones around us, the ones that live with us. And so it's vital. if, If anybody needs to grab on and say, oh, Jesus, do this in my life because of the domino effect, of the other people in the home. It's, it's us as women. It's us as mothers and us as wives. And so I want to encourage you, women. And I, I think it's important, gentlemen, as you're in this room, would you just stand in the gap for the women in your life, for your mom, for your wife, for your daughter, and the role that they're in and the tasks that they're under But stand in the gap to just ask, Lord, restore their joy. Restore their joy. Let them remember the, 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 the joy that you desire them to have. And that is the invitation today. The invitation is to come back to joy. And you come back to joy by first acknowledging those places that you need to mourn those places where there's the, you've let fear eat you up or anger or frustration or despair or maybe none of those. Maybe you're just numb. But the invitation is that God has so much more for you. And he invites you back. He wants to give you what you can't drum up on your own if you will just but ask him. I'm going to ask David to come up here because we have faith to pray for you today. We know that the, the scripture says that unless the word is mixed with faith, it can have no effect. And so we have tried to the best of our ability to present God's word. But we don't want to just stop there. We don't want you to leave here and go to lunch and forget about what you, you know, well, that was kind of a nice little thought. We want heaven to engage your heart. And so because of that, we want to be able to pray for you this morning, right where you are. If, if this is touching you and you want to just lift your little hand or kneel, whatever, whatever posture you need mm. to get to to acknowledge to God, you got my number today, Jesus. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm here. Here I am. You've been looking for me, but I'm here and I want what you have for Mm. me. Would you take that posture that the Lord would have for you? And we're going to pray.
0: Amen. Go for it. (laughs) Keep going.
1: Father, your word says that one can slay a thousand, but two can put ten thousand to flight. And David and I come in agreement this morning. Mm. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the Lord God and there's nothing too difficult for you. Even a worn out, disheartened, discouraged wife, mother, daughter, man, husband, son is not too much for you. Jesus, you said your job description was that you were that you had come for this very purpose, that you might destroy the works of the enemy. He may have come to still kill and destroy but he doesn't have the last word because you said that you have come that these might have life and have it more abundantly lord we we just ask that you would awake O sleeper and arise from the dead that the light of christ would shine on you quicken the spirits of those lord who are just numb that are just worn out that are dead that Mm. that that aren't even feeling things this day quicken their hearts spirit of god you search the hearts and minds of all and you you scrutinize our paths you know our ways and we ask you spirit of god to put your finger specifically on those things in our lives that are keeping us captive and holding us back from and robbing from not only us but our households, all that you have for us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your spirit would expose the places where what the junk we're holding on to that we might confess it to you. We would give you it to give it to you today. And Lord, today we make the great exchange. We take our frustration, we take our failure, we take our anger, we take our fear, and we're giving it to you, Lord. That you might put a crown of beauty on our heads that you might anoint us with the oil of joy that you might wrap us in garments of praise and we ask this in the mighty faithful competent victorious sufficient Name of Jesus. Yes. Amen.
0: So to speak His. I want you to speak you. His name. Speak His name with me. Jesus. 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 Put your hand over your heart. Speak His name. Jesus. 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 Folks, what if it really is? An exchange? What if it really, literally is in the spirit realm? An exchange. The heaviness here for his joy coming here. What if it is that you can't have both? Mm -hmm. It's going to be one or the other. But she will say, Paul will say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to the Lord. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The exchange of my anxious places, my joyless places, for His peace, it's an exchange. It's an exchange we don't have to understand it that's why he's God and we're not but when he says this is how it works this is how it works you give to me your sorrow your sad your fear all of these things surely is listed you give those to me and you release them unto me and you watch what I will that, that's so strong, well, that, that Isaiah 61, she made it, press. that. So this is Jesus's job description. I came to heal broken hearts. I came to set captives free. I came to take that spirit of heaviness and trade it for a garment of praise. That's what Jesus comes to do. Lord, do that in us, amen do that in us do that in us do that in us prayer partners would you join us here at at the front of the worship center here at Alamo City in San Antonio and and we just if, if you're here and we can pray with you if we can stand in agreement with you for God to do these things that have been proclaimed today that we believe are his heart we'd love to pray with you and if you've never really opened your heart up to receive Jesus as your Savior all starts there. It's receiving Jesus as my savior, as my rescuer. It isn't about the brand of denomination or religion, um, even in a Christian sense that you may have grown up in. It's just Jesus. It's knowing Jesus and receiving him. If you've never done that, it was just a simple prayer and just, just, just as simple as it can be, Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come into you don't have to have all the theological answers and verses in place. Just he hears the language of the heart. It'll start there and he'll take you all kinds of other places, but it but it starts there. Jesus here. Bless you for being a part of the, the Alamo City family today on this on this Mother's Day. And and may you, we pray, uh, moms as well as as well as dads, as well as fathers heard something that today that will encourage you, and, and I believe you have. I believe, I believe we have. Well, let's, um, let's stand together, if we could, and and uh, let us hear from you, Pastor Walker at alamocity.org. If we can pray with you about something that's going on in your life, we'd love to stand with you in that place of prayer. Bless you for praying for us, being a part of these Sunday times together, and we we look forward to staying in touch, better and better as time goes on. God bless you, Cindy, and and Josh. Let, let's close our time together as you're led, and come this way if we can pray with you and pray for you. God bless you. Thank you.